Hey contractors, welcome to the Contractor's Playbook. I'm your host, Michael Gogan, and on this podcast, we will be talking with experts in the industry and getting real about their failures, successes, and lessons learned. I'll be joined in studio by our producer, Isaac Moore. Man, Isaac, uh, this conversation we have with Benny Fisher of Big Fish Contracting for today, is a, it's an awesome conversation. We actually recorded it originally for our Talk About It series, which is a live series that we do. And it, it was honestly too good to not get it through all of our channels. Yeah. Um, Benny's just a great human being and a great individual. And this is just the you know precursor of more interviews that we're gonna have with Benny. We're gonna definitely have him <laughs> back on the show. Um, but this conversation was really awesome. Absolutely, man. Like listening on this conversation, you can tell Benny cares so much about his company's culture, just pours into it with everything he has. Yeah, for him treating his his team and his customers uh, as if they are part of the Big Fish family and he right. truly values that. Uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. I think you guys are gonna love today's conversation. What's up, guys? We are back. Season four. Talk about it. I'm joined today by the big fish, Benny Fisher. Benny, how's it going, man? It's going great, man. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. I'm excited about our uh, episode today. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but before we dive into some questions, why don't you just tell everybody out there in uh, in virtual land who you are and you know just that quick high level of what got you into the contracting world? Um, uh, I live in Pittsburgh. I've been in here 11 years. I'm originally from Ohio, so I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, but I have adopted the Pittsburgh Pirates as my baseball team. And uh, my uncle was in roofing, uh, commercial roofing. I came over here uh, to help him in sales and marketing, worked with him for about five years. And then I started my own residential uh, roofing company with a, with a high-end focus on customer service, concierge service, and uh, just keep on doing it. It's going to be uh, six years old here uh, in September. So I'm pretty excited about that. We've come a long way. You definitely have, uh, you know, and I've, I've been with company cam for pretty much that whole ride uh, that, you know, you guys have been a company. So it's been really awesome for me to see you guys grow and uh, over time, really trying to focus this season of talk about it on, you know, things that you learned or started doing in 2020 that, you're glad you did. You maybe maybe they were forced upon you in some sh way, shape, or form, but you're glad you did them, and they've had a lasting impact. Uh, I'm gonna I'll ask you here in a second what you did, but the one thing I want to draw attention to is you are the king of training, man. It's I love watching all of the events that you have for your team. Uh, you know, really developing them professionally. What went into your decision to invest so heavily in your team? I mean, I think people are the heartbeat of every organization. So, and without great people, you can't provide great service. And uh, I just, I know when from early on in my career, when I was, you know, working when I was 18, 20, 25, companies I would work for, you know, they would say they care about their people, um, but it just didn't feel like it as an employee. And I always wanted to change that. And, um, and then becoming the owner of this company, I had the chance to do that, you know, and uh, I just keep the gas pedal on it. I play the uh, infinite game, as Simon Sinek says, and uh, I don't worry about today. I just keep worrying about tomorrow. So, so for you in 2020, because it was a challenging year for everybody, just just mentally. I mean, whether business was good or not, it was just a mentally grueling year. Uh, was 
training still a, a focus for you guys, or did you have to step back from the training just to get through the year? Well, we had a big, if I remember right, um, we had a big kickoff. Uh, I think it was like the end of January, February, so right before coronavirus. So I got that big, it was like a three-day event. Um, I had one of our uh, baseball card friends, uh, Joe Rosen, come up from uh, Florida to do a couple talks. He's kind of like a good motivational speaker and uh, got him fired up. I had some vendors come in. I had a workshop with DISC. We do a lot of DISC uh, assessments and team training. Uh, to kind of help people communicate better. So that really got everybody fired up. And then we had the Home and Garden Show in Pittsburgh um, that first week of March. It's like a 10-day event. And the, the, the second weekend is when, you know, everything got shut down. And uh, so we had a lot of good momentum coming in there. I was also partnered up with uh, our buddy Ryan Groth with Sales Transformation Group. And uh, we were getting that kicked off. So we had a lot of momentum and then the, and then the, kind of the, the, the wind got knocked out of us and we weren't sure what we were going to do as far as like, you know, like I was still about selling roofs, but like, you know, are we able to actually do the roofs, you know, in the public, you know, and be outside and, and do those. And uh, it was tough. You know, we had to make some tough decisions um, that those couple months there, March and April, um, but we were able to stay open. We got the letters from the governor. Uh, we were already obviously using company cam, which was like, you know, awesome. Um, we just did a little, a lot more zoom, you know, kind of like what we're doing today. And, uh, we did presentations that way. We kind of modified a little bit. The guys were able to work outside. Uh, we do a lot of text messaging with customers. So we were able to do contact free with the customers. You know, our roofers on the roof were staying, you know, pretty much, you know, a safe distance away from each other. And, um, we were able to keep the momentum. The culture was strong before coronavirus. The culture is still strong, uh, even through the pandemic and, and even right now. So we're pretty proud about that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, uh, it's funny you mentioned culture there right at the end. Cause that's what I was going to go to is how important is it that you've developed, you know, in the five years, five plus years, such a strong culture. And I mean, I, I follow you on Facebook. We're friends. So I see it, you know, you're taking guys, the crew coffee, you're doing, you're doing those little things that, you know, they aren't huge in, in terms of size, but they go so far in telling everybody that works at Big Fish Contracting, hey, Benny cares about us. Um, we mean something to the company. Do you think culture was really that driving force that helped you guys, in, instead of being stagnant or, you know, struggling in 2020, really kept that momentum going? Yeah, I mean... I guess, I mean, I don't ever think about it. I just like culture is kind of like my baseline. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's what I live for. Um, that's like the fun part of, of what I do and, and what we do here. Uh, um, that's the whole reason I started a company was to kind of just improve those relationships, you know, not only with customers, but with our employees and, and build a legacy. And, uh, you know, it's the little things that you can do at a company to make a difference, you know, and a, and a lot of it comes from the things that I felt like I was mistreated, you know, the first 10 years, you know, I worked in the car dealership, I worked at Verizon, I worked at big corporations. And it wasn't that I was mistreated. It was just like, they never did anything special. They never did anything to make you feel like you were, you know, it was more than just, you know, you want more than just a paycheck. Um, I, I tell people every day, you know, you can, you know, shoot, you can work at McDonald's for 15 bucks an hour, or you can work at Big Fish for 15 bucks an hour. And at the end of the day, like, where do you want to go? You want to go to a, a, a company that's going to be a growing, thriving organization. And um, we pay our people well. We have lots of high paying jobs here. And um, but there's lots of high paying jobs everywhere. And uh, and I always tell people, you know, 
this is this is a company that's going to be going places. I'm a true visionary in the sense of like all I keep thinking about is how to improve customer service, how do I improve employee relations, and how do I do it for my kids, kids, kids. And um, and when you do that, it's it, it, you know it just it just happens. And then when a tough time comes, people bond together. You know, I told my team, you know, I got on a Zoom call when they told us that we weren't allowed to go anywhere and we we're all at home stuck. And I got everybody on a Zoom call and I said, hey, guys, I said, the cool part about this is, is even if they shut down roofing, I said, we'll go out and figure out something else that we can do to serve the people of Pittsburgh. And I said, and that's all that matters. He said, roofing is just what we do. Um, but why we do things are really the most important part. And that's, to, that's just to improve customer uh, relations and, and, and service to the community. So. Yeah. Now I I love hearing that cuz when you you know you say you're a true visionary and I think that's kind of one of those new buzzwords that entrepreneurs are they they want to be visionaries but I think so many times they get stuck in this yeah my vision is how do I go and get more leads for us and how do we sell more and obviously to grow a business you have to be the the revenue numbers have to be there but you hit the nail on the head when you said, how do I deliver a great customer experience and make sure that I, I don't remember exactly what you said, but make sure that my employees love working for us. Those two things are going to drive you forward. It, the leads are going to come. You're going to figure it out. You're going to grow. As, you know, 10 years from now, Big Fish is just going to be the known roofing contractor in the Pittsburgh area. You know, the you've marketed your brand and in 10 years it's going to be like, oh, Big Fish is doing our roof because that's who does roofing in, in Pittsburgh. But that's because of that customer relation that you you know develop. Uh, let's take a quick break here, Ben. And when we come back, I want to dive a little bit deeper into what you're specifically doing to try to make sure that your customers have that high-end experience. Hey guys, Jordan here with a quick reminder that you can catch up on all of the episodes of season four at companycam.com slash four. And while you're there, if you're not already signed up for Company Cam, you can sign up and get 50% off the first two months of Company Cam Pro. Again, companycam.com slash taco What's up, everyone? We're back. Benny Fisher. We've been talking about, you know, all the things that Benny does with his company. Um, we'll dive a little deeper into the training, but what I want to really focus on, you mentioned it earlier. You talked about that concierge type experience for your customers. I'm a big believer in that customer experience is ultimately the driver for businesses. You know, you can win in the short term without delivering great customer experience, but in the big picture, if you want to build a brand and build a solid company, you have to deliver great customer service and experience. Are you guys doing anything specifically for that, Benny, or is it just kind of a shoot from the hip? I'm assuming it's not a shoot from the hip and there's like a method to the madness to make sure your customers get treated well and consistently well every time absolutely um at first you know i don't think i actually had like a drawn out process right it was all case kind of like just locked up in this big noggin of mine um and i've learned over the years that you know we have to get what's out of my head and get it on the paper and i've had a lot of coaches and consultants help me uh, with developing actually a process and we call it the big fish experience you know and it's a culmination of everything that I've learned my whole life through 
you know, my first, you know, my, I call it my first job as an entrepreneur was selling candy bars to, to raise money for my baseball team when I was probably seven or eight years old. And then I, I worked at a grocery store and uh, I dealt with customers. And then as I became a customer, um, as an adult, you know, I went to places like Chick-fil-A and, you know, flew on, flew airplanes with Southwest. And, and, you know, I, I remember shopping for a BMW one time and I was like, wow, I said, like, this is like great customer service. Like, you know, and I heard about, you know, these high end car dealerships that would come to your house to pick up your car, to get it, to take it for an oil change and then bring it back to you. And I'm like, that's service. And then uh, as I, you know, became a little bit more successful, I would travel a little bit more, you know, I'd, I'd go out to Las Vegas uh, where the IRE is going to be at this year and, you know, just see how like they treat you. Like when you walk into Caesar's Palace or, you know, the Bellagio um, and you just see that high end customer service because they know if you treat someone good, they'll keep coming back. And uh, I always love to use the Chick-fil-A story because it's like everyone's been to Chick-fil-A. Everyone's been to McDonald's. Right. And it's like, what's the difference? It's not the sandwich. Yeah, the sandwich is good. But at the end of the day, it's the people taking care of you there. It's how they smile. It's how they treat you. Um, you know what you're going to get. It's consistent. It's a deliverable. Um, and I just, I always want to take all those little uh, things I've learned and try to just keep making it better too. You know, do that and then kind of try to, how do we improve on it? And in roofing, sometimes it's tough, right? Because uh, it's roofing, it's hard, it's boring, it's hot, it's cold, it's it's uh, it's not that sexy, right? Um, but we've we've made it pretty cool, and uh, I'm pretty proud of that. And company cams really helped us with being able to showcase the pictures. The customers love that. Um, I did it more. I did company cam in the beginning more just to cover my own butt, you know, because I wanted to take pictures before and after to make sure that, like, you know, operationally we were doing good things. But then when I told the customers, like, hey, you can log on and see your your pictures as the process is happening. I mean, like. I think every contractor in America should be doing that because it's like, yes, you're getting the operational quality assurance side, you know, as an owner and as an operations manager to see what's going on. But man, the customers love it because it's full transparency. You know, the other thing that we do um, is, you know, we do uh, in inspections, you know, now we've leveled up our inspection games. We're doing drone inspections. So customers kind of dig that. Uh, we tie that in with the company cam. We show them that. Uh, we also, uh, we pride ourselves in, you know, answering the phone. Um, that was the first thing answering the phone, you know, having, having a live person actually answer the phone. Most roofing companies are so busy roofing that they're working and they, they can't answer the phone at the same time. So like we have a dedicated staff just to, to answer the phone. And in the beginning, I didn't have that. It was just me. So I had a call service that I hired because I thought it was that important. And um, they always answer the phone and then they would get me the message right away or forward it to my cell phone. And, and it was, uh, it started there and it just, it just keeps building a little bit every year. We, every quarter, we try to add a little something extra to the customer service experience. Yeah. And, and I, it's so important. And I think it's probably one of the easiest things to overlook in the contracting world because you've got your sales guys out there. They ink the deal. They say, let's get this job built. And it's like, oh, I mean, we're going to get paid for this job. Like nobody's doing a bad job purposely, but I think that if you don't have a focus on it, things can slip through the cracks and things that may take it from a five-star review to a one-star review in a real quick hurry. And it's the little things like I'm a homeowner. 
if you came and roofed my house, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you if you did a good job or a bad job roofing my house, but I'm going to be able to tell you how I felt as a customer throughout that journey. I am going to have, you know, well, I felt there was trash everywhere in my yard or there was this, so there was that, like those little things. And I love the McDonald's Chick-fil-A example. I've got two kids. We end up at McDonald's and Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, I get my my bag of stuff, I hand it back, and we're off, and I, it's just, I feel good. The, I say thank you, I get them my pleasure, and life's good. McDonald's, I pull far enough ahead so that the car behind me can start getting their stuff, and I search everything in the bag, make sure they didn't forget anything, make sure they got no no pickles and onions on the kids' cheeseburgers, you know, the little things, and I'm saying to myself, what if Chick-fil-A made a mistake someday? Because that's possible. Everybody makes mistakes. I'd probably just get back in line and I would have no problem. And in McDonald's, it's like so frequent that they make mistakes that I'm, hey, checking it. And then I'm I'm frustrated and I'm mad. So I love that example of how do I make my roofing company the Chick-fil-A? And again, like you said, the sandwiches are eh, maybe a little bit better. You got to use good products, those kind of things. But it's that experience that you give. Uh, is that something that was difficult for you to find a team to buy in. I, I know at the top it's easy. Benny's got this this vision that he wants to take care of customers. How difficult is it to get your team fully bought in on that concept of, hey, we got to take care of our customers? Well, I mean, for me, I, I'll be honest with you, it's not been that difficult, and I, I and I think it's because like. I, I attract people that are like me, you know, to a degree, you know, not maybe all areas, but they know when I, when I hire someone, you know, I tell them why I'm here. You know, I like, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if just, if you just take roofing by itself, it sucks. I mean, it's hard work. It's like, it's and customers. It's like, I always tell people, it's like, no one wants to buy a roof. I mean, like, let's face it. Like if they got 10 or 15 grand, I mean, like me and you, you know, I know we do baseball cards and we do some cool stuff like that. It's like, you know, we want to take our family on vacations. We want to like buy a car. There's so many more things that I can think of spending 15 grand on than a roof. And, and I'm a roofing owner and, and I would rather spend other things on, uh, on my life. So it's like, you have to, you have to have a why. And, and the why is the biggest part, you know, what we do is roofing, how we do it. You know, I can go through that process, but why we do it, it's to, to really make an impact on the community, to, to make that customer, not just a transaction, but a relationship for life to where, yeah, you should never have to buy another roof from us if you do that one. But guess what? Most people move every seven or eight years. They might have to buy another one on their other house. They have their friends, their neighbors. You know, we also sell gutters and siding. Um, so it's like, you know, we're building that customer for life and we want them to be, you know, to, to bleed black and gold, you know, big fish, black and gold, you know, uh, since we're here in the steel city. Uh, and I think it's important that uh, it's more than you know what you do and how you do it. You have to have a why. Great stuff from Benny Fisher there about relationships and just how important those are. We're going to take a quick break here and we'll be right back with more from the Contractor's Playbook. This episode of the Contractor's Playbook is brought to you by CompanyCam. CompanyCam makes it easier than ever to communicate with your crew, document your jobs, and keep homeowners happy. The best part? It's now free for small teams. Check it out at companycam.com or in the Google Play or Apple App Store. And we are back with your host and Benny Fisher. Here's Michael Gogan. 
you definitely you've you've subscribed to the Simon Sinek stuff. I love that. Uh, the golden circle and all that. Uh, but I, I agree with you. You have to have that why. And I've I'm a big believer because oftentimes they call them customers. Sometimes you call them clients, but if you truly dive into those definitions, what you just defined is you're creating clients. You're creating clients of an ongoing relationship that you know, Pittsburgh gets hit by hail. It's not, hey, who's the first roofer that knocks on my door or who's the first roofer that will answer their phone when I look on Google. It's, well, I got to call Big Fish because they're my, they're my roofing guy. And if you get to where you're like that expert, the relationships that you're going to be able to build are going to be immense. Because I guarantee if I called you, Benny, and I said, hey, I'm moving to Pittsburgh and I need my HVAC system done, you're not doing that, but I guarantee you that because of relationships, you got a guy. And, you know, you just continue to build those relationships and do right by people. And it's been pretty successful for you. Um, circling back, because we've – I don't want to say we neglected the training, but what you do with your training is really, really impressive. Uh, is that something that – has a measurable ROI because I I want contractors that are listening to this to understand the value of investing in your team. It's probably, I'm guessing, difficult to get a tangible ROI on that training, but watching what you've done from year one to where you're at today, that you're doing something right, and I'm a big believer that it's in investing in your people. Is there any way that you guys measure it, or is it just looking at that overall big picture and saying, hey... We did training this year. We got better. Let's do more training next year and see if we continue to get better. I think the biggest thing, you know, in a lot of, you know, a lot of people focus on revenue and, you know, revenue is a byproduct of the other activities that you do. I think for us, it's the people that we have here. It's the, the retention, um, you know, whether it's our employees, our, our salespeople, our project managers, our office staff. You know, and even our, our roof crews and our vendor relationships, um, they're all withstood the test of time. And, you know, I have people that have been here with me for four years. You know, I, I was I was the only employee for the first year. So um, I've, I've had a guy here for four years. One of my roof crews have been here for five years. Um, I've had, you know, when the company was smaller, I still have people from three, four years back. Um, we hired, we just doubled the size of our company um, this year. Um, because we want to grow in, in this market, but then we also want to expand into other um, cities across the country. So we know we have to get a good base here so that way we can pluck a couple people from Pittsburgh, take them with us to open up a new location somewhere similar to like the, how the restaurant business does it. Um, so that way we can inject what we've already started here and just keep on you know that domino effect to where it keeps coming. And then as we try to hire people, you know, we use... Um, you know, I use our core values. You know, we have four core values here that we uh, kind of talk to our employees about um, before they actually become employees, actually. So our, when we're recruiting, we talk to them about that. We ask for um, different examples of how they've ex uh, showed those core values in their previous jobs. And we make a lot better hiring decisions when you make better hiring decisions. And then you do it with the com com compete that with or combat that with the training. Then it starts to make magic happen. And then it's because you, you have one of us. It's like, you have, we're a family. 
And yep. it's like when you you've ever you've had, you've had a bad apple in your family, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Like everyone's everyone has a bad apple in their family. Well, that's like toxic. It's like cancer in your family. What's well, the same? It's no different than in a company. So you know, and when that happens, that can really really be detrimental to a team. And uh, team health is very overlooked in uh, business. And uh, you know that's why that's why I call myself a visionary instead of a CEO. Um, I thought CEO was a cool term that I wanted to be when I grew up, but uh, visionary is better because it, it you know gets rid of those titles, you know those corporate titles because you don't have to have an MBA degree to work at Big Fish. And uh, all we need to do is you have a good heart, you know you serve others, you exceed expectations, you're enthusiastic. Um, you do the right thing. You know, those are, those are the things that matter to us. We could teach you roofing. We can even teach you how we do it. Um, but like, you have to have that heart. You have to have that core. Yeah. It, it inspires me just hearing that. And I think back, cause I, I, I am fortunate enough to talk to contractors across the country on a daily basis. And it's, it, it's just nice to be able to have conversations with people like yourself. And I, I think to another company, very similar in terms of like how they operate. And that's, that's Heath Hicks down at Avco Roofing. And what you, what you just said would align almost, I guarantee perfectly with what Heath would say. And it's, it starts with the hiring and you have to hire people, people that fit your core values and your culture. And then you train them to be great in whatever capacity you're trying to train them in, whether that's project management, sales, production. I don't care what it is. You you get the right people, and then you help them uh, continue to grow in what they're doing. And I think so often contractors get stuck in, I got to go hire that rock star sales guy that put up big numbers at another company. And... While that may work on occasion, there's probably a reason that Rockstar Sales Guy isn't at that other company. And it may be the other company, but it also may be that Rockstar Sales Guy. And so I, I love your philosophy there where it's like, hey, we've got our core values and that's what we're hiring. And then we will train them to f- you know, find the right seat within our company. Um, it's been pretty successful for you. What y- you mentioned, you know, expansion, uh, you know, to other offices, other cities. Is that kind of what's next with the big fish is to, you know, take what you're doing for Pittsburgh and and put that into another city then? Yeah, I think so. You know, we're just finalizing, you know, the first few years were a little bit rough. You know, I didn't have a bunch of stuff written down, you know, it was all, you know, in my head and kind of one-off trainings here and there with all my guys. And over the last couple of years, we've gotten a lot better at, at getting our processes down and, to be able to like when we go into another city to be able to rubber stamp it and be like, yeah, we're ready to go. This is how we operate. And then the really the focus is just on people, right? Just finding the right people, because I'll be honest, you know, our process is, yeah, it's hard work, but it's it's not you don't have to think about it anymore. You know, like it's already like it's already pretty much done. And um, that's we just want to replicate it and we have to replicate it with good people. And that's why I always hand my card out. Every time I go through Chick-fil-A, I always hand them a card and say, hey, you guys are ever interested in an opportunity to maybe make a little bit more money? You know, because that's half the battle is finding the right person. You know, then you want to find the right seat for them, you know, whether it's in sales or ops or the office, you know, or marketing. It's like, you know, and sometimes we've made some switches. You know, one time I hired a guy that I thought was going to be great for sales because I'm an ambitious sales guy myself. I'm like, you can do it. And it wasn't the right fit, but he was the right person. We moved him over to the ops and he's thriving. And, uh, and it's, it just goes to show you that like, but if you have the wrong person, no matter what seat they're in, and like you said, 
um, you know, there's a, there's a chapter in the book called legacy where they say no dickheads. And, uh, you know, you can have that superstar. Um, you know, I think I heard a story about Scotty Pippen the other day when Jordan wasn't there anymore. Scotty thought he was the man and uh, the coach wanted it's Tony Kukoc to take the final shot. Scotty got ticked. Scotty got basically benched because, you know, he got yep. mad because, you know, and that story has been well told, but, uh, that's what it means. You know, you don't, it doesn't matter who you are, you know, you, you, you can do whatever you got to do to help the company, help the customers, help your team. And, and that's, what's important. And that's, that's not, that's not a tangible on the balance sheet. You know, like, you know, that's not, you can't put that on your asset list. You know, you, you can't put a heart, a heartbeat, you know, and a person's core values on, on that balance sheet when some CEO or CFO is looking to see how much your company's worth. You know, I guarantee our company's very undervalued and I'm proud of that. And I'm okay with that because, you know, hey, I'm here for the long haul. So this is going to be a fun ride. Absolutely. So two things I want to unpack there. One, I was, I was setting you up and you just perfectly answered the question. Uh, I was, I was going to ask, you know, what, what scares you about moving into other cities, but you, you answered it with, you know, you've got stuff written down. Now you have processes, you have that, you know, kind of manual that says, here's how, here's what's working. Now we just need to replicate that and find the right people. Uh, so you answered that. That's great. I want to dive into, I'll talk sports all day. Um, I want to dive into that Tony Kukoc, Scotty Pippen story just a little bit because when that happened, the guy, the man at the helm there was a leader, a coach, and said, Scotty needs to take the final shot here. Or uh, Tony needs to take the final shot here. Scotty didn't like it. Scotty got benched. I think now as a leader, you're in a, a great spot. It's a tough spot, but now you get to see, hey, was this rock star sales guy can he learn from this? Can he rebound for this? Can he come back tomorrow hungry as ever and say, you know what, coach, I'm still in. I'm on the team. Because, uh, you know, I want, if I'm a leader, I want every guy. I want all five of my guys saying, coach, I want to take the final shot. And I actually kind of like it if you're a little frustrated that you don't get the final shot. But it's now how do you respond to that? What does tomorrow look like for for Scotty in this case or for that rock star sales day? Does he come back and say, you know what, coach? I was frustrated yesterday. I apologize. I'm going to go chase today. I'm going to work my tail off. Or does he come back with a bad attitude? Because I think that that's the telling thing. And so I think, you know, this is just a huge shout out to you. I think that's what you're doing really well at Big Fish is being that leader that, you know, you want hungry guys, but it's like, hey, how do I help all of these not necessarily egos, but how do I help all of these guys get fed and get what they want and keep them all happy? And that's that's not an easy thing. Um, and I think a lot of contractors struggle with that. Uh, for you, obviously, the I love the Chick-fil-A thing where you said, here's, your, here's my card. If you're, you know, a lot of those are high school, college kids that, you know, they're going to grow out of mom and dad's house at some point in time and going to need to make money. How important is it for you to always be out looking for the right people is that something you really focus on no matter what you're doing well right now i mean for me you know we have about 20 employees and i probably have another 20 to 30 um maybe 40 i think um you know the, the subcontractor partners that we work with every day so i'm in a position now where i'm not under stress right to like go out and sell the next roof right and my main goal right now uh, as the as the leader of this company is to um culture you know, is number one. 
Um, and with that then comes recruiting and um, they go hand in hand, right? And our marketing, we don't actually even have to advertise anymore uh, to get roof jobs in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, every once in a while I would run ads because I think they're fun and I like them. But because the brand is, is so strong, we take those marketing dollars that we earmark and we just we do the overarching uh, high high top of mind brand um, awareness, you know, like and it's like that's what works because that's I'm not I'll be honest, I'm not recruiting customers anymore. I'm recruiting employees. And uh, that's the secret. And when you do that, you're obviously recruiting both at the same time, because I actually have three or four people that work for us that was actually a customer first. And that's the yep. coolest story ever. I, I, we could do a whole show just on that um, because it's fascinating. And to get back to your point on, you know, what to do with those superstars, you know, I'd like to think, you know, back when I was in my early days, you know, in my 20s and, you know, I was, you know, really good at sales. I, uh, you know, I had some of that mentality, that me mentality, right? Like, you know, me, 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 you know, what's my commission check? What's going to, how am I going to get paid? I don't care about anybody else. It's a dangerous mentality, but as I've grown and mature, I'm able to share those stories with the young guys and um, explain to them like, you know, hey, I was there. I understand what you're feeling. Um, I finally read some books. You know, now that I've had some time that my team's been taking care of all the roof sales now, I've actually been able to learn. I've been read some books. Emotional Intelligence is a great book. Uh, Emotional Intelligence uh, 2.0. It talks about how you react to things, how you how you are, how you're perceived, you know, your awareness. And um, most people have no clue. And uh, once they start to get tuned in on that, to me, that's that's actually more important attribute than almost anything else. How good your art sales or ops or finance or marketing, your emotional intelligence, the way you react and respond to different people, whether customers or employees, that communication. And that's why we so work so hard on those culture events when I bring in uh, the, the DISC certified trainer. Um, you know, that we also uh, have done some work with strength finders and, and some of those other things to kind of people need to figure out who they are inside. And once they figure out who they are, they can help other people find out who they are and then they can kind of work together. And just because we don't have the same personality doesn't mean we can't work together and doesn't mean we can't communicate effectively. And that's what we're trying to build here every single day. And I think that uh, that's going to be a lifelong journey. Absolutely. Well, Benny, I really appreciate you jumping in with us today. Uh, for me, it's it's just so inspiring because you invest in your clients, you invest in your people that work at Big Fish, you invest in your community, and you just happen to put roofs on uh, houses. And you guys are crushing it. Keep crushing it. I got to get out to Pittsburgh here. Uh, Probably next summer, we're doing a ballpark tour with my with my boys and the wife, and we're trying to get to all the ballparks. So I got to get out to Pittsburgh. I got to stop in and see see you guys and uh, catch a game. So really appreciate you and all of you guys joining us. We'll see you next time on Talk About It. Thanks for having me, Mike. See you. Once again, big thank you to Benny Fisher for jumping in on a Talk About It episode with us. We will have him here on the Contractors Playbook specifically sometime soon, but hope you enjoyed this conversation and took a lot from it. For Michael Gogan and myself and everyone here at Company Cam, thanks for tuning into the Contractors Playbook. We will see you next time.